Inflation pressures are rapidly receding around the world, and none faster than the price of oil, which fell again overnight to a three-month low. That's coming up in our five things in less than five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, Brian Martin explains from London why the European Central Bank may have to start cutting before the Fed and why Europe's economy is going into a recession. The ECB can't forget the fact that it's not so long ago it was dealing with disinflationary and deflationary risks. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ, oil prices fell sharply again overnight to new three-month lows. Brent crude fell more than $2 a barrel to US $80.13 a barrel. This is all about fears demand is ebbing away as both the US and European economies slow sharply and China is still somewhat weak. Here's ANZ senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines on that weak demand and how it's dragging on refiners' profit margins. At the moment, we've, we've seen after a, a, a pretty strong Northern Hemisphere summer, things start to, um, to ease back. You know, that's partly seasonal. You know, the, um, the refiners um, do tend to do a lot of the annual maintenance um, in that sort of August, September period um, and then come back all online. Uh, like they are right now prior to the uh, Northern Hemisphere winter. So, you know, we're seeing a little bit more sort of excess capacity back on the market, just um, easing those supply concerns we saw earlier in the year and sort of margins, are, you know, suffering as a consequence. But, you know, it, it is also, you know, partly due to, to slightly weaker demand. I mean, we are seeing the effects of inflation impact uh, people's, particularly consumers' uh, demand for uh, for gasoline or petrol, uh, but also the, the slightly weaker economic backdrop impacting uh, diesel as well. Number two, these signs of lower demand and inflation are dragging down on US bond yields too. The US 10-year yield fell another three basis points overnight to 4.53%, and the 30-year Treasury yield fell six basis points to 4.67%. That's important because the 30-year mortgage rate in the United States is based off that. This is weakening the dollar against some currencies, but not so much the commodity currencies, such as the Aussie dollar and the Kiwi dollar. As of 5am Australian time, the Aussie dollar is at 64.17 US cents. And the Kiwi dollar it's at 59.25 US cents, so off their highs from recent days. Number three, another sign of this weaker global demand is weak export figures for October out of China. Exports also fell in October for Taiwan, says ANZ senior economist Banzi Madhavani. Exports fell 4.5% from a year ago. Remember, they had risen 3.4% in September. However, Bunsi still expects growth to resume for the fourth quarter, driven by a stabilisation of chip exports from Taiwan. Number four, one surprising aspect in energy markets from Israel's war with Hamas and Gaza is the effects on gas supply, not so much oil supply. Here's ANZ's senior commodity strategist, Daniel Hines. Israel did supply gas to Egypt, who then liquefies that and uh, sends it to Europe. So those supplies were disrupted initially. Um, Israel did um, close one of their operations as a consequence of um, the conflict. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, obviously impacting physical markets most immediately, whereas oil, we didn't see that. Um, but then if you take, you know, the issues, I suppose, of, of a potential escalation 
in that conflict, um, you know, it does, I suppose, expose the market to, to even um, greater supply disruptions. I mean, like oil, uh, a lot of the global LNG supply goes through the Suez Canal near Egypt there. So that would be at risk as well. So, you know, it's it's something which I think the markets are, are acutely aware of. Um, and we've seen uh, more so than oil, you know, a, a geopolitical risk premium applied to, to go global gas prices at the moment. Number five, markets are now pricing in the chance the Fed might start cutting rates by May next year. Those chances, as measured by the CME's FedWatch tool, are collectively put at a 49% chance of a 25 basis point cut by May next year. Now that's up from a 41% chance a week ago. This FedWatch tool uses pricing data from trading of 30-day Fed funds futures. But ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, says there's actually a good chance the European Central Bank will cut before the Fed. My calculations show that if current trends in inflation continue, by the middle of next year, inflation will have dropped down to about 2.2 or 2.3. And I think that's going to be adequate for the ECB to be able to cut interest rates because as that level of headline inflation and as core inflation comes down, even if you're holding interest rates steady, you're actually getting a tightening in monetary policy because the real interest rate is rising. And I think the ECB is going to have to pay attention to that. My sense is that whilst it was absolutely critical to get on top of inflation so that growth can be sustainable over the medium and longer term. The ECB can't forget the fact that it's not so long ago it was dealing with disinflationary and deflationary risks. And back then it really wanted to support the level of aggregate demand in the economy in order to deliver its price stability target. So I think as we go into 2024, that the debate at the ECB is going to have to shift away from focusing on inflation as to how do we bring about greater balance in the economy so that we actually do secure that 2% inflation target and not tilt into disinflationary or deflationary risks in the future. Brian Martin there. Now for our bonus deep dive interview. We spend some more time with Brian on just how weak Europe's economy is. The European economy is struggling at the moment. It's facing very many different challenges uh, from what has been, up until very recently, very high inflation, record high for the euro area. It's got record high interest rates. It's struggling with the geopolitical tensions in the Ukraine, um, which has disrupted supply chains and exports to Russia. Uh, it's going through an energy transition where it's rapidly trying to move away from fossil fuels. And it had planned that as part of its climate legislation. But the war in Ukraine has accelerated the need to do that. So there's a whole lot of different influences negatively impacting on the economy at the moment. Do you think then that there's a chance Europe could actually go into recession later this year and into next year? That's our forecast. Uh, we saw GDP ever so slightly negative in the third quarter of this year. It was down minus 0.1%. The data we've had since then is that the recession in or the recessionary environment in Q4 is intensifying. The PMI numbers have been weaker. New orders data have been weaker. And that's all indicating that we're seeing an intensification of the slowdown. It was interesting that ECB President Lagarde uh, noted that the feed-through effect of monetary tightening was actually going to intensify during the fourth quarter of this year and first quarter of next year. So I think when you add all that together, 
I think it's inevitable that we're probably going to get another quarter of negative economic growth. And by a strict definition, uh, two quarters of negative economic growth does technically give you a recession. The ECB has um, stopped uh, tightening for now. Is there a risk that they have over-tightened? I think that is definitely something worth considering. I was surprised when they raised interest rates by 25 basis points because at that time the data was telling me there's no need to raise interest rates further. Now, I can understand why they did uh, because they wanted to send a very clear signal to markets that they would not tolerate any slippage in inflation. And owing to energy costs, they had to take up their inflation forecasts a little bit. So that was really what they hung the 25 basis point rate rise on. But economically, I don't think it was needed. So yes, I do think they have over-tightened a bit. When you actually look at the pattern of inflation in Europe at the moment, core inflation on a monthly basis has now averaged 0.2% for six months. So that's coming in at around 2.4%, just above the ECB's target when you look at it on an annualized basis. And that tells me the ECB is really far down the road now and bringing inflation back towards sustainable 2% level that they wanted at. ANZ's Head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, November the 9th. Catch you tomorrow with a deep dive interview with Adam Boyton on Australia's Nairu. That's the level of unemployment below which the economy generates inflation, not the island in the Pacific. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.